Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. It is August 18th, 1995. You get a gold star. You got it today. <laughs> it's easier when when we record this tape because I, I've already figured out what the date is for the other team. But I will still take credit. Okay. I will not, however, take credit for the new debut album from a band called Garbage. Are you familiar with Garbage? Yes. Familiar with their work? Yes. An Alamo Sounds produced (laughs) album. The band itself seems to be not garbage to me. No, I really like it, especially um, I'm Only Happy When It Rains. That's a good song, yeah, for sure. I like uh, Stupid Girl, too. It's also good. It's uh, because, you know, it speaks to me personally. (laughs) Why? Because of your stupid girlfriend? (laughs) That was the implication. Nice. You know, I'm just joking. Mm -hmm. Wow, pulled away, too, from the the touch. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Ah, uh, you know, I love you. So, no, I, I'm only happy when it rains is a really good song, too. But, yeah, Shirley Manson, lead singer of this band, not to be confused with other female lead singers of other bands. That was a dig directly at me. Yes, um, yeah. Okay, so she reminds me of Gwen Stefani. I don't know if she's not. Yeah, she's not Gwen Stefani. <laughs> Shirley Manson's from... Uh, Ireland. I think Ireland. Or Scotland. 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 Yes, Scotland. You it, sure now? Yeah, it took me a second. Okay. She's Scottish. Me too. Yeah, a little bit. You have bit. something in common. That's right. You and Shirley Manson. Plus, you both sing really well. Uh, Not so much. And you both know about stupid girls. Um, Wow. I'm just because of, of friends of yours. That's why. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. I mean, enemies. Your enemies. You're about to be my enemy. Keep this shit up. <laughs> the reviewer in the Detroit News here says that there's a strong U2 influence. I don't know that I see that. I don't see that at all. I don't know what the hell they're talking about or what they were smoking when they wrote this article. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. U2 is way too, like, happy, bouncy compared what? to this. Oh, I disagree with that. I seriously Sunday Bloody Sunday and they they're like a very brooding band. Uh, they're a brooding so U2 has got that why well, I mean, you're not you haven't listened to a ton of U2. No, I haven't listened to a ton of it. But U2 has that juxtaposition of their their music is mostly upbeat and their subject matter is really like dire. Okay. Like they're talking about freaking the IRA being murdered and stuff like that. Uh, Martin Luther King's assassination, shit like that. That's the subject matter of a lot of their songs. I guess maybe I can see that in um, in garbage. Maybe a little bit, but I don't. I think what they're. I think their music is a personal exploration. Yeah, for sure. And set to poppy sounds Mm -hmm. and u2s is a sort of like a socio socio exploration an exploration of humanity right like sociologically and not it's not that personal i i never found u2's lyrics to be super personal but you're saying they're a little bit darker they are and they sound upbeat yeah okay so for in that in that, but see, like I'm only happy when it rains isn't necessarily super upbeat either. The it's not a bunch of minor chords, but it's not, it's not a it's not a happy poppy sound. I could dance to it. Mm. Couldn't yeah. you dance to it? I'm only happy when it rains. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but is that a is that a a particularly sad song? 
I guess if you're only happy when it rains. Yeah. Kind of sad. We'd have to go into a whole a whole massive mixtape. <laughs> we really owe you this. guys a mixtape too. Yeah, or we'll, three. We'll think about it. Yeah. But anyway, so that's I wanted to talk about garbage because I like that album. I like that CD. You sound like my grandfather. Why? Because I said album. Yes, and the way you said it, album. Um, you just speak weird. How dare you? <laughs> you know who else speaks weird? Hmm. Judge Ito. What? He speaks fine, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you don't need to find like the perfect transition from every subject. I've to never next. found the perfect transition, <laughs> but you try so hard. That's so. That's the fun of it. So, Judge Ito, Judge Lance Ito. What a name, Lance. <laughs> but Judge Ito, Lance a lot. Decide is has decided that another judge is going to rule on the Mark Furman tapes and whether or not they should be admissible. And he's, you know, he, he was a little choked up talking about this, by the way, hmm. because his wife, apparently she's has some, like she's on these tapes or something like that. She's had some, some dealings with Mark for man. So, okay. so fewer man. So because he's racist. So they, um, they, and his, and his name looks like Fuhrer. You know, like like the Fuhrer. The guy that shot himself in the head. Uh-huh. I get it. Do you think the guy that killed Hitler is a hero? <laughs> well, that would be kind of difficult. I'm going to go with no. <laughs> Spineless evil coward, sure. <laughs> so, he said, this is his quote, I love my wife dearly and I'm wounded by criticism of her as any spouse would be. I think it is reasonable to assume that that could have some impact. Okay. So his his wife is Captain Margaret York, the highest-ranking female officer in the Los Angeles Police Department and the head of the Internal Affairs Division. That seems like a conflict of interest. Well, she was Mark Furman's supervisor at the West Los Angeles Division, and that is where the conflict of interest maybe maybe comes into play. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but here's the thing. Lawyers work with with police officers all the time. There's uh-huh. conflicts of interest all over the place when you look at the criminal justice system. Yeah. Criminal justice reform now from your favorite movie review tape. <laughs> uh, also, I guess maybe this is, I don't know, is this the biggest news in the world right now? Mickey Mantle dead. Aw. Yeah. Sad. Liver cancer. I guess kind of sad. Well, how old was he? 60-something? I don't know. Yeah, that's sad. It's sad. In, yeah, sad because he's dead. And, you know, number seven, great baseball player, New York Yankees. Screw the Yankees. Blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, the dude died from liver cancer, right? Uh-huh. And he got a liver transplant. And he was a enormous and horrible alcoholic for so much of his life. There's big criticism when he got a liver transplant because he, he like he went, you know, more to the head of the line. There was, well, yeah, that's not there's, right. there's talks about maybe he got bumped up because of his status as a person, his celebrity. Well, and then stuff. he went and wasted it and drank more. It sounds like, yeah, he's a terrible alcoholic or was a terrible alcoholic. Yeah. That's not that's nice. Not dead. Nice. But, I mean, just because I don't agree with the favoritism shown to him doesn't mean that it's not sad that he's yeah, It's still sad, but it's also, it's almost self-inflicted as well. He could have lived longer had he not been an alcoholic. Wow. Way, way, to, way to blame, uh, blame a person for their own, you know, undoing. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'm saying, yes, it's tragic, but we should use it as a cautionary tale. He's okay. not a martyr. That's my point. No one said he was. You did. No, I didn't. You said you felt sorry for I, I feel bad that, that a man a is dead. That's all. You don't even know him. I don't. But and, everyone... and I'm not sad. To be honest, I'm not sad because I didn't know him. You're right. <laughs> not going to cry. Not going to go to his funeral. 
Oh, really? You're not going to? I'm sure there are people that are sad that he's dead. Yeah. I think his funeral is probably a private affair. That's my guess. They're not opening up to the public. What is opening up to the public, though, is Disney's CEO ship. But by, by the public, I mean they opened up the job. Like, they posted the job. Oh, wow. <laughs> they, put an, they put an ad in the wire. Why are you laughing? Because obviously they didn't do that. Disney didn't just say, let's put an ad in the paper. What the fuck see. are you talking about? They hired a new CEO. Good for them. Michael Ovitz. Do we care? I do. Why? Well, first of all, this is something we should care about because this has to do with the entertainment industry, which is what we talk about on this show, one. But two, Michael Ovitz is now going to take over the theme parks, the movies, the consumer goods, and Cap Cities slash ABC. So he will also be the head over at ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. I bet he has ulcers. He is a former Hollywood agent. He left his very successful Hollywood agency. So he's an agent. Mm-hmm. And then he's become the head of the Disney Empire. He's probably most famous for engineering the David Letterman contract when David Letterman left NBC because of the Jay Leno thing, you know, to like two years ago or whatever, and came over to CBS. Okay. To be their 1130 person. He engineered that. He said, so apparently I, I know some people in the know. I'm not going to say. To you? I'm not going to say who. I'm just okay. going to say I know some people in the know. And apparently NBC had a clause in their contract with David Letterman that said that they they had the right to match any offer and keep him there. Wow. Based, almost like indentured servitude, right? So... Michael Ovitz had CBS put in the contract that they that uh, David Letterman would have a show that aired before midnight Eastern Standard Time, or they would pay him a penalty clause of fifty million dollars, <laughs> which of course CBS didn't care about because they were giving him the eleven thirty spot after the local news that you know that the Tonight Show has. But NBC can't match that because the Tonight Show's on during that time. So if they weren't going to give him the Tonight Show because Jay Leno had it, then if they wanted to keep him, they'd have to pay a $50 million penalty. Wow. Brilliant uh, contract, you know, working out there. So he's going to take that kind of expertise to Mickey Mouse. That seems like (laughs) a pretty devious mind to be in charge of Mickey Mouse. That's a Hollywood agent right there. Wow. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they aggressively expand their empire. Well, I, I hope not. I like Mickey to be friendly. Yeah. Well, now he owns ABC. And your favorite sports team. Huh. The I Anaheim have, Mighty Ducks. I don't have a favorite sports team, but sure. Come on. You love the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. I don't love anything that requires me to move other than, like, no, no, nothing. There's a... <laughs> wow there's a song the mighty quinn we should do a parody song with the mighty ducks okay you'll not see nothing like the mighty ducks come on without no come on with no no thank you (laughs) you don't like it huh? i don't like it all right well that's all the news i got today that's that quite, everything. What that was quite a bit. Yeah, it was a lot of news. We had a lot of news today. And and I and I pretty much only cared about the music, but you know, that's cool. Garbage. Yeah. No, I was calling you garbage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I should uh <laughs> I should practice the uh, move I learned from uh, Kira Sedgwick last week. <laughs> Was that last week? Something to talk we talked I about? I think so. No, it was Dangerous Minds was last um, week. I don't know. It all, it all runs together. It was together, two but... weeks ago that we talked about something to talk about. <sighs> this week. This week we talked about a guy dying. No, we did not, you freak. <laughs> it, t- 
don't know why you said like he didn't see a preview. I don't I don't understand how he had no idea going into this what this movie was about. Like you know I don't sit and just I like every time we go to a movie, I don't say, Hey, let me watch all these previews all the time. So he's like, A walk in the clouds, is this about a guy who dies? And I found a lot of proof that it was, by the way. You weirdo. He's talking about God. He says, I feel like I'm dying. So There's that scene where he has the bullet wound in his head. What are you talking about? And he's bleeding out in the snow and then he leaves his body. Okay. I think you're like um, having some kind of mental breakdown right now or remembering a nightmare. We watched a really good movie with Keanu Reeves, our favorite actor. We've 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 done a few movies with him now. Speed. Yeah. While you were sleeping. Yeah. Wait, no, he wasn't while you were sleeping. <laughs> he was. He had. A, he had a cameo. He was one of the guys getting on the subway mm. because Sandra Bullock was in that movie. So no. they're, they're buds. Have we done anything else with him? I don't think so. Oh, never mind. <laughs> He just seems like he's busy. We did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, even though that was about, what, I don't know, five years before we started making these tapes. We didn't, though. No, we didn't. No. So, yeah, we, we did we did do Speed. We did the movie Parenthood. Which was... No, we didn't. <laughs> you stop. I think that's all the movies he's been in. So... Yeah, he was he was the star of this movie, uh, along with a, a lady whose name I don't know. <laughs> along with a lady, I swear to God, one day I will take notes and know people's names. Do you know her character's name? Do you know anything Wait, about sh- her? I know her character's name because he was he was yelling it at one point, right? <laughs> sure, I assume when they were having sex. No, right? they were not having sex. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I don't remember his name either. This is, this is great. This is great radio or whatever the hell it is that we're doing right here. <laughs> oh, we reviewed Dangerous Liaisons. No, we did not. Isn't that too? Did we do Point Break? No. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Did we do that? Oh, we should rent that one, though. I like Freaked. You ever see Freaked? No. Yeah, that's a good movie. Edgar Winter's in there. Not Edgar Winter. Uh, Alex Winter is in that movie. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Talk about the film. So it's a movie about a guy coming home from war, I think World War II. I would guess World War II, yeah. And he, like they're joking about when they get off the boat that he met his wife on Friday, like... Danced with her on Saturday, married her on Sunday, and shipped out on Monday. I don't know. It was something. His he said, oh, "I'm excited to go back and see my wife," and he said, "Oh, whirlwind romance or whatever." Like, yeah, met her Friday, married her Sunday, shipped out on Monday. Yeah, basically, fucked her Saturday. Right, I'm sure. And uh, that was it. Yeah. So he barely knows this person. He's like 18 years old before he before he shipped out to World War II. Probably figured he was going to die. And said, he, I'll get laid one time before I die. And he had to make it okay by marrying her. Was her name Victoria? Yes. Okay. Thank you. What was his name, though? Paul. Okay. He took notes. So, Paul and Victoria. But Victoria is not his wife's name, so we are jumping a bit ahead here. <laughs> no, his wife is, uh, what's her name? Betty. So... He goes home to his wife, and it's obviously, like, not a match made in heaven. No, some crazy redhead by the name of Deborah Messing. Yeah. She's been writing... messy hair. She does have messy hair. She's been writing... Or he's been writing her every single day. Mm-hmm. There's, like, thousands of letters. Yeah, she just has them all in, like, a big, like... Trent trunk. Yeah. And she's Almost like, like I, just, I couldn't stand to, you know, hear about the war and... Think about you being in danger. So if as long as I got him, I knew you were alive. That's all that mattered. So she didn't read anything. I would I would have walked right back out. I get. I mean, obviously, the rest of the movie proves that this is a big red flag. But I sort of get what she's saying. I sort of buy her bullshit at the beginning here because she says, like you said, she said that 
she didn't want to read about all the danger that he was in. She didn't want to worry. She was like worried sick the entire time that he was gone. And she knew every time that she got a letter, every time she opened the mailbox and there was a letter there, she knew he was still alive. And that's what she cared about, that he was still alive and still going to come back to her. So he forgave her because he also believed her bullshit. Yeah. And she's not bad looking. And (laughs) she like pinned him down on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. She was like sexually manipulative. I don't like that. (laughs) She said to him, so I, I negotiated a raise and a promotion for you at this fucking chocolate selling company that you worked for before you shipped out to war. And, um, which I, I I have a feeling what that means. Right. And he like, didn't want to sell chocolates. He's like, I have other things I want to do. And if you'd read the letters, right. Yeah. And she's like, well, you're still talking about those garbage letters. (laughs) She really turns on a dime. And then she's just, yeah, she like pins around. She's like, you're going to sell chocolates for me, right? Thousands Mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. Whore. Anyways, he goes off to sell chocolates because, you know, he's an honorable person. He married her. He came home to her. He promised while she's, like, unbuttoning his pants that he'll sell chocolates, so he's going to go do it. Right. So he's going to, I think, San Francisco. Yeah. To sell chocolate door to door. Why do you Did this exist in the 40s? I don't understand this. Why would he have to go to another city to do it? I don't know. Like, just go knock on your neighbor's doors and sell chocolate. Did they not have shops in the 40s? I don't <laughs> I don't get this. I really don't understand. Is this 1840? Right. And, and, cho- and like, it's just like one case of chocolates. Mm-hmm. It's not like box upon box of chocolates. No. So he, he had to take a bus to get to San Francisco. With perishable chocolate in the California sun. I don't understand any of it. I don't either. So, I mean, like, it, I, I really don't get it. If he sold boxes, or, like, not boxes, if he sold Bibles or something door-to-door, or encyclopedias. Oh, could you imagine carrying that around? Even during that time. Like, encyclopedia door-to-door was a, a thing. Mm. Or some sort of home product for the wife. Right. Like a vacuum or something like that. I could see that. Chocolates, I, was that ever a thing? I know kids sell chocolate door-to-door now yeah. for, like, charities. Or, like, for school fundraisers. Yeah. Yeah. Or scams. That, too. So Along with citronella candles. I also want to know, like, this occurred to me. Okay, he's got this box of chocolates, and there's all these different kinds that maybe they're supposed to be, like, samples, and then they order a box. Like, here, try I, one. I guess. Because how could he just sell an individual chocolate for enough money to make it worth it. Yeah, I assume that's what it has to be. That those are samples like, hey, try try our chocolates. See what, yeah. see what you think. And they're like, oh, these are good chocolates. Okay, I'll fill out the form and they'll mail them to me or whatever. Right. That that makes a little bit of sense, I guess. I guess. But still, why is he going to a different city? Why don't they just sell them in a store? You know why? So that she can fuck around behind his back. Apparently, yeah. That's why. Yeah. She was like, hey, with this promotion, can you make him go away? Right. Is that her, his boss? I guess that's the implication. No, it's not. It's not. Because in the beginning of the movie, she's listening to tapes of some guy who's talking about how to get rich. It's like... Oh, me? Like, it's like... No. She's listening to our tapes? No, I'm trying to think of like a motivational speaker. That's what it's like a motivational speaker who is. That would be a weird metaphysical thing. If, if there's a, if they make a movie where they're listening to our tapes. And then we do a tape about that movie. Oh, that would be weird. Oh, somebody do that. Somebody out there in Hollywood, make a movie where you're listening to our tapes, and then we will make a tape about that movie and mess everybody's. That's like 25 wall breaks. Do it. So, yeah. yeah no. She's listening to some self-help guru. And in the end, that's who he finds her in bed with. Oh, she's with the self-help guru? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because he knows how to make money hand over fist. Apparently. Sell uh, dopes his tapes. That's kind of what we're doing, right? We're not selling our <laughs> tapes, first no. of all. We give yeah. them away out of the kindness of our hearts. Yeah, agreed. So, he's on the frickin' bus to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And this lady gets on the bus. Victoria. And... Aragon. Immediately. Catherine of Aragon. Like, she fa- they fall on top of each other? Is that... What happens first? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't fall on her boobs like uh, <laughs> like a wacky comedy would have, but yeah, it's a little better than that. Um, they they pick up, you know, each other's stuff. 
she pukes on him. Mm-hmm. And he she's go- got some kind of motion sickness. Some kind of motion sickness, sure. And he goes and cleans off his uniform in the bathroom and changes because that's another thing. His wife wants him to wear his uniform while he's selling chocolates. Like maybe he doesn't want to wear his fucking uniform. Yeah, he he, he apparently has some some very serious uh, post traumatic yeah. stress from from the war where he saw orphanages being fucking burned down with flamethrowers. And he is an orphan. I wonder what he did he orphan. really see orphanages being destroyed or is that just him relating to it? I don't know. Maybe maybe they were just Nazis. Ugh. Anyway. <sighs> On the bus. He no, no, up- no 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 no. What? They were on a train. They were on a train when she puked on him. Oh. He tries to clean himself up. Then he's like he gets we see some sort of weird altercation. We don't really hear what's going on with him and the people. He gets off the the train and then gets on a bus and then he sees no, the altercation happens on the bus no, no 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 no, i'm not talking about that altercation okay then he sees her on the bus and she's like hey fancy seeing you here or whatever i don't know smarter dialogue than that right and he's like yeah i'm going to san francisco to sell my fucking chocolates this is this is verbatim what he says <laughs> and she says, that train goes to San Francisco, you idiot. Why didn't you stay on the train? And he goes, well, my ticket didn't go to San Francisco. It was supposed to, but it didn't. And she she looks at her ticket, and she goes, oh, no, I grabbed your ticket. Yeah. We bumped into each other. And that's what made you come here. It's fate and God, because God, he's dead. I told you. God, he's not dead. God is pulling him along to a walk in the clouds. So they're on- It's about choosing death oh my God. over life. So they're both on the bus. Yeah, that's true. Sitting across the aisle from each other. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't so proper, maybe this next thing wouldn't have happened. Maybe. But uh, three guys come on, and one of them sits next to her, and two sit behind her, and it's obvious they're going to, like, fucking, I don't know, molest her or rape her right there on the fucking train. They're leches. They're horrible. I, I don't know. It's a bus. But I don't think that they're, <laughs> I don't think that they're going to rape her i don't really think that but i mean it's like the I way mean, they're acting and yeah. looking at her and so it was just disgusting yeah they were definitely trying to molest her and pick um her up, harass her so he, paul they were construction workers no they weren't though you know that kind of stuff so paul like tries to save her from them how do you feel about whistling i think it's a compliment yeah i know that's probably not a popular opinion but yeah right. i got whistled at once that made me happy good anyways um, he tells them, hey, you know, leave the lady alone, and they end up getting in a fist fight. They're and- like, yeah, they're like, well, why don't you leave yourself alone, dick? And then he says, come on, leave her alone. <laughs> and he, they stand up, and the one guy goes to punch him, and he dodges it, and then, like, fucking slams the guy's head into the other guy's head. Yeah. Breaking his nose in the process. Yeah, he was obviously, you know, like, tougher or whatever. Trained in... in- Battle. Wait, maybe it was only two guys. I thought it was three, but no, it was two. Yeah, it was two guys. Yeah. And uh, the third guy was St. Peter. <laughs> the bus driver kicks all three of them off. Yeah. All Fem- four of them. Lady bus driver, which I don't know right. about that. Yeah. All three of them. And as he's walking along the road now trying to get to fucking San Francisco on foot at this point because she has just derailed his whole life. It's funny, too, because I figured that they'd get into a n- more of a fight. Right. But apparently they'd had enough. Yeah, they just walked like, their separate ways. Oh, you broke my nose. What am I going to do now? And then they, yeah. I think that's just how things were back then, though. I think guys had more honor, so, like, they'd get in a fight, and then they'd just be done instead of, like, hey, I'm going to, like, fucking kill you with a switchblade now. Right. So. I feel like they were house painters just roaming around looking for, you know, like, uh, freelance work. Why? Why Why are you creating this backstory for these two guys? I want to see a movie about these two <laughs> fucking assholes. The guy that's sitting in the back really doesn't like what's going on, but he kind of has to go along with it because he's he's an edger. Like, he's good at edging the, the, the paint, but this guy that he's working with is a master at, at painting, mm-hmm. and he's in high demand. And edge work is much easier, apparently. Or the other way around. Edge work's a lot harder, and he's the best edger in the world. You are so weird. (laughs) Like, you have serious problems. Okay. I'm reevaluating things right now. You should. Okay. This is a (laughs) real-time therapy session for Carol. (laughs) 
So he's walking along and there she is again in his path. She's sitting there crying because she's like home now, but can't quite bring herself to go all the way home. Oh, she dropped. Yeah, she goes all the way. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> she, she dropped a picture of her and her dad and it cracked down the middle. Symbolic. Yeah. Well, no, that happened, I think, when they first fell into each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She fell into something. <laughs> so it turns out that she was away at school. Mm-hmm. Getting she, her master's yeah. degree in 1944. Kind of crazy. Um, she fell in love with her professor. Mm-hmm. And they did some stuff. And now she's pregnant. Yeah. And so. the professor wrote her a letter that said, hey, uh, really liked that you let me stick my penis in you. But now... Eh, I'm not really a t- get tied down kind of guy. I think he literally wrote, I'm a free spirit. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more of a, you know, women that are looking for husbands here at college, have sex with them once, you know, break them in for whoever they marry. That's my, that's my MO. I want a movie about this college professor. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and uh, she's talking about how her father is going to kill her, which mm-hmm. he naively thinks is about the freaking broken picture, which is kind of cute. Like he has no idea and he has no family. So he has no reference point, I guess, of how families work. That's true. Nice well, catch. While they're discussing her plight and, and what to do, um, he says he could go with her and, you know, stand in and be her he's, husband. Yeah, he says, what, what, would, what, would you, what would happen if you brought a husband home? Right. and just It's not good. That's yeah. the answer. So they're like, you know, just for one night, like he has to keep going on for business or whatever, but he can just go and meet them and then pretend to like abandon her because mm-hmm. then it wouldn't be her fault. Apparently not. Yeah. So I don't know why it's her fault that the abandonment happens before she gets home, but but it won't be it happened, the sex happened before she was married, but it won't be afterwards. Oh, OK. Oh, I get it now. I didn't yeah. get it when we were watching the movie. It's like they had a wedding night and then they share that weird, creepy bed <laughs> that every female member of her family has uh, lost their virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Had her hymen shattered over. I don't understand. I don't understand this tradition. But so she like the implication is they had sex on their wedding night and then he abandoned her feeling overwhelmed or whatever. And she got pregnant on her wedding night. Not before. I got it. Yeah. So they have discussed this. She actually told him, no, you can't do something like that. That's crazy. Kind of, you know, she wasn't like, oh, yeah, come, come with me. You're married, she said. Right. And they have a kind of voice. And then all of a sudden they start She's getting Mexican. shot at. Mm-hmm. Be, and, and, and it's her father and her brothers. Oh, yeah. Because they're, they're, they're walking. They're at the, her actual, they're in the clouds. Yeah, they're at the vineyard. That That's what happens. The dad killed him. Oh, would you stop it? He's not dead. Okay, the vineyard is called La Neb, Neb something. I don't know. You know Spanish, I don't. I, well, I don't remember the exact word, but it's something. Nebo, nebos or something. Neblos? It means cloud. The clouds. Yeah, so, it means the clouds. So, yeah, that's their walk in, in the vineyard, the clouds. Why do they call it that, though? They don't look like clouds. I don't know, baby. Okay. <laughs> You'll need to ask the writer. I'll ask Anthony Quinn. So he just says that he's her husband and goes with her, like, kind of, like, without her really being like, hey, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And um, everybody hates him. Everyone. Well, not everyone. Okay, her dad. The dad hates him. Yeah, everyone else is actually pretty cool. The dad's upset because she got married without, you know, him being there, which I can understand that. Do Do you know that this movie, by the way, is based on a 1942 Italian comedy? No. Called Four Steps in the Clouds. I did not know that. Well, it is. That's interesting information. Giuseppe Amato. What? I'm just telling you it is. (laughs) Okay. So the dad is suspicious and unhappy from the beginning. Okay. And then the dad just tears him apart every chance he gets, especially like over dinner. Basically, like there's some high society Mexican family and they wanted her to like marry some other high society Mexican family guy. Yeah, they had a guy all picked out and everything. And she's like, you know, I don't want to be bred like a fucking horse. So <laughs> that's kind of gross. But 
And like, it you know, gross. you were talking about the bed situation. Yeah, I was. Her Just mother, her mother sets them up in her own bed that she sleeps in and says that she spent her wedding night there just like her mother yeah and her mother before her on these sheets it's the sheets the sheets too and she's like but you know mommy i've i've you know it's not my wedding night she's like i want to pretend it is so the mom's like no she's gonna have sex in that bed and she's just like hey go for it i want to i want to pretend it's your wedding night you need to fuck in this bed it reminds me of freaking like you know Back in like the ancient times when you know people would watch to make sure their hymen got broke or whatever. Wow. <laughs> I mean, not quite that's that a, bad, but that's a a misnomer, by the way. Hmm. The hymen thing, because it can break in a variety of different ways. Well, yeah, we Sometimes know that. Sometimes it just breaks for almost no reason. We know that now, but like back a hard in- sneeze yeah. if you're older. But back then, they didn't understand that till like they would make sure she bled. If she didn't bleed, she wasn't a virgin, and then uh, God knows what happened to her. But that's that wasn't always the case. Yeah, it's a scary thought. Even if you didn't bleed, you could still be a virgin. That's another thing. If it was the same sheets, why is there no blood stains on those sheets? Um, all, all these women lost a virginity in the sheets, but they're clean. Bleach. It's weird. Towels. Gross. Anyways. He's a gentleman, and he is going to sleep on the floor. Yeah, and he's married. And he's married. Well, yeah, but, you know, that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of guys. Apparently not. So. Because he does kind of cheat. Yeah, that's true. It turns out that it's okay, but. Because <laughs> she's also cheating. Yeah. Um, Deborah messing around. Right? <laughs> she got hired. This this woman, whoever she is, Deborah messing. She got hired simply because of the puns that could be made from her name. But um, the mom makes the dad come say goodnight to them, and he kind of like catches on that he was sleeping on the floor. He sees the blankets and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, you know he he was so mean to him that I just want, he said that he's nothing and that he came from nothing. Like, how do you talk to anybody? You like have no that? family, right? You have no roots. So yeah. you're a piece of shit. <laughs> so you he's fucking gringo. He's already suspicious uh, of him, and then this happens. It's no good. Yeah. And Anthony Quinn, the dad, the grandpa, uh-huh. keeps eating his chocolate. Yes, he follows him around. He's like, oh, it's good. Every time he tries to leave, the grandpa intercepts him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, The hey. grandpa's not letting him leave. <laughs> hey, come eat chocolate. If, I feel like grandpa knew from the beginning, like somehow, psychically just knew. Grandpa knew he was trying to leave. Yeah. I don't know if he knew everything, but he knew he was trying to get out of there. It's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He's trying to drive you off. Maybe maybe he figured that his son was going to drive him off. He's yeah. like, I'll prevent this from happening. So the first time he tries to leave, the grandpa gets him and he's eating his chocolates the whole way. He he walks him to the tree that is the root that the whole vineyard comes from. Yeah. And says, you know, you're an or- orphan no more. And, you know, here are your roots and stuff. And it was really moving. Oh, yeah. It was, it was really... incredibly moving. What? Nothing. You look like you don't think that. It was moving at all. It was fine. <laughs> anyway. Here's part of the problem with this movie. Keanu Reeves. <sighs> I, here's the thing. So Keanu Reeves must just be the most likable person in the world. Because, and it comes through on camera because you still like him, despite the fact that, my God, it's like an SNL sketch <laughs> or skit, how bad of an actor he is. The, the the dramatic like he does okay in speed or like a mindless kind of action movie like mm-hmm. that but man in where he where there's an emotional scene yeah he's a that he really flat. needs to like try to carry oh my god he is terrible yeah he goes head to head with anthony quinn fucking legendary actor <laughs> anthony quinn in of zorba the greek himself in a few of these scenes and I mean, the juxtaposition is mind-boggling. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the dad does give like a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. and he gives. I'm talking him... about the grandpa. That's oh. Anthony Quinn, but okay. But yeah, the grandpa, the the dad too. Yeah, both of them give a lot of emotion, and he doesn't give that much back. No, he's he 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 can't do it. He cannot carry a dramatic scene. Yeah, he should stick to action. You're right. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I like him. Yeah, it's you a, know. It, and I, I like the movie. I like him. I'm not trying to be mean, but yeah. 
But he, he has not a lot of acting skill. So he stays one more day. The grandpa's talking about some festival or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he stays to do the festival with them. And I think that's the stomping grapes thing. Is Maybe, that, that yeah, day? when they're picking the grapes. Yeah, so they got it. Oh, that's what it is. So it's harvesting. So they're harvesting the grapes. And then because she's now married, it's like a tradition for the married women to stomp the grapes. Mm-hmm. So she gets to go in. And this is kind of a cool scene. They're all like dancing around. Almost reminds me of like. Children of the Corn. N- no. Okay. <laughs> Where'd that come from? I don't know. <laughs> no, like, you know, like you'd imagine like Mayans and Aztecs like dancing. Oh, like around a fire or something like that? Well, like, like a ritualistic? Like a ritualistic dancing, yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, they bring him in to dance with her and. It gets all, like, sexy. And that's another thing that's weird, because it's, like, everybody can tell, like, they're running into the house to have sex. Yeah. And and they're just, like, clapping and happy for them, and it's, like, that's another weird thing. Yeah, there's a lot of not much privacy going on in here. Maybe that was a time when privacy wasn't as, as prized, though. I guess. Maybe people didn't care as much. So they're, like I said, go running in the house to have sex, and they're going to have sex. The mom which... says, no, no, in that room with the sheets. <laughs> Yeah, those sheets are going to get messed up with uh, all those red grapes, too. Uh, <laughs> They'll perform their alchemy on it, and it'll be okay. But then he stops. Because he's married. Yeah. Now, he's kissing her and everything, which I think is far enough to consider cheating. Yeah. So, and then she just kind of curls up in a little ball. Mm-hmm. Like, she's so sad and stuff. So. And this is when he leaves, right? Uh, he tries to leave again. Mm-hmm. And the grandpa stops him again. To come drink some wine. Oh, yeah, that's right. Then he serenades her. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, you know, she hears him. The dad, he gets into a fight with the dad because the dad's like, dad's suspicious that they're not really married. Right. The dad says, I didn't see a marriage certificate. You're a piece of shit. And and he comments on the wedding rings, too. They're, they're actually the um, tinfoil, like, mm-hmm. chocolate covers that yeah. she- like, he expects them to not notice that. And he says, Keanu Reeves says to him, hey, I don't understand why you don't love her or why you don't show that you love her. Mm-hmm. She's so easy to love. And he's talking about all these great stuff about her, and she overhears yeah. everything that he's saying. And he's like, I do love them. You know, working at this fucking vineyard is a 24-hour-a-day job. I slave here all the time for them. Like, this is what I'm doing for them. And he says, well, you know, you should tell them. You should tell them that you love them instead of just expecting them to know, you dick. And then he (laughs) he leaves. Well, yeah, I guess that's when he finally leaves. Well, when he finally leaves is when they're so the dad has finally accepted him. Right. Because of this outpouring and everything. And the fact that he's serenading him with a, a Mexican band. Mm-hmm. And or serenading the the woman, yeah, the not, not the dad. That would be a little weird, and creepy. <laughs> and so they go to this big festival where they present their wine, and their wine wins first place or whatever. And the dad says, "Hey, we're gonna have a real wedding oh, yeah. in a real church with this priest. I know you guys are already married, but we're gonna we're gonna do it the the right way. And I want all of you to be there. Yeah, he invites like the, the whole entire town." town <laughs> Come and see this. It's definitely going to happen. Nothing's going to go wrong. Keanu Reeves isn't going to leave. Don't worry <laughs> about it. I am 100% on board now. He's my new son. Come celebrate their, their life. And the whole time Keanu Reeves is like, Ugh. right. And he says to her, he's like, I can't do this because, you know, it's illegal because I'm already married. Right. And, you know, we're, this is not good. It's not Utah. We, this is a bad situation that we've gotten ourselves into. We should have extracted ourselves from the situation much sooner. Maybe I shouldn't have uh, bumped into you on the train, he says. And she does she, not say all that stuff. She says, yeah, go, you know, leave. Yeah, like, I'll take care of it. Escape. I'll tell them. No, she says I'll, he wanted to go tell him, tell them with her. Yeah. Because he's such a good guy. And she's like, no, I'll take care of it. You just get out of here. So he goes home to Deborah Messing, mm-hmm. messing around. Yeah. And he's so happy. It's so funny because, you know, you she feels like, oh, crap, I'm getting caught and everything. Like, he's so fucking happy. <laughs> he's, she's like, you know, we didn't really know each other very well. And this is probably a mistake. 
um, I figure an annulment is the best way to go. I don't know exactly how they get an annulment because they did have sex, but whatever. I guess they hadn't really lived together. I don't know all the the prerequisites for annulments. But they got one. But yeah, they. Well, she gives him a paper and says, "All you have to do is sign it." Yeah. And then he takes the paper around like it's I, like it's a license. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird because he has it with him, like to show them that he's his marriage is. Isn't annulled. he supposed to mail it or something? Drop or, it off somewhere. Yeah, give like, it to somebody. Yeah, but um. So yeah, he runs back to her, runs back, and I'm sure takes a train and or a bus, but gets back there with his annulment. Beats up a bunch of other guys on the way. He took a he took a bus and it had to go more than fifty five <laughs> miles an hour, or he wouldn't or it explode and he wouldn't get there. And at this point, she has now told her father the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. And he is just wrecked as a person. And oh, yeah. Like, pissed off. He's so drunk and stuff. And he's just, you can tell he's probably just been sitting there drinking ever since he he's found out. He's down on himself, too. And uh, Keanu Reeves shows up and he tries to talk to him and he gets mad and throws a fucking lit, like, lamp at him. Mm-hmm. Why? Out of know. all the fucking things you could do. And the entire vineyard just goes up. And the clouds, good. like just, I mean, it, this fire, it was like uh, they poured gasoline over the fucking grapes. I don't know what the hell, how, like, I apparently grapevines are real, uh, real dry and brittle and easy to catch fire. I don't know. Well, I mean, in California, I think most things catch fire it pretty just, easy. <sighs> it's pretty dry. I mean, it was so fast. It was. They're trying to put it out. Her brother, who we haven't really talked about, was in a little bit. What's his name? Paul or Raul? No, uh, or... Carlos? No. I don't, I don't remember what it was. Pedro. Pedro. Pedro, yeah, and then he said call him Paul. Pete. Yeah, Pete. That's right. And his dad's like, Pete? Yeah, so Pedro jumps through the fire for some reason and catches on fire. And Keanu Reeves puts him out. He's like, no, stop, drop, and roll, he says. <laughs> like I learned in, in elementary school right. and the military where, you know, they're firebombing people. So he, he get, puts him out, saves his life. And the entire orchard, though, is destroyed. Everything's been killed. Their their vineyard is no more. So Keanu Reeves goes and grabs the the fucking tree, or rips whatever. it from the fucking ground with his ha- bare hands. Like anybody can do that. Like yeah. it's a movie, so whatever. But no, I'm sorry, I don't care how strong you are. Yeah, that's you're not, not ripping it out of the ground. No, unless unless grape unless grape roots don't really root very deep. I don't know, but it seems unlikely yeah and and it's weird to me too that these guys like the dad and the grandpa at least if not most people that work here on this vineyard are experts Mm -hmm. in you know raising these grapes and making the wine and it doesn't occur to either one of them to go check this root and see if it's still alive and good but he does it he pulls it from the ground he checks it he brings it to him says is it still alive Mm -hmm. and then they cut pieces off and they're they're gonna plant it they can replant and they're good, so the the vineyard will live. And so now, because he saved the vineyard, they forgive him, and everything's cool. Yep. And now they're married, and the, he's going to raise someone else's kid. Yeah. Some fucking jackass, arrogant professor's kid. I want to see a movie about that kid. <laughs> you you better many, get to work writing all these movies, Mark. You know how many movies we could make from this movie? <laughs> so, I mean, overall... Never missing stories, not... Uh, not you know, unimportant either. Like yeah. we could see a movie about that. Yeah, it's it's not. There's a lot of not fleshed out characters. It, could it be, focuses on a few central characters. It could be titled Harlot. Wow. <laughs> but I really liked it. It was I, fine. The only complaint I have about the whole thing is Keanu Reeves acting when it comes to mm-hmm. being serious. It's a bit slow in the middle too. You think? A little bit. It drags a little bit in the middle. I don't know. I, I think it's just, like, romantic. Like, I, I love that he's such a good guy. I like the relationship that they have, like, mm-hmm. all of it. So I think it could have used a little bit tighter editing, to be totally honest with you. Okay. And the direction, so, like, <laughs> the direction's a little odd. Like you said, there's uh there's a scene in this movie where it's nighttime and they're fanning... The, the frost is coming. Oh, yeah. I forgot about and that. And they're fanning the grape leaves so they don't die from the frost. Mm-hmm. They've got controlled fires going. Yeah. And they're fanning the smoke. Lots of little fires mm-hmm. all throughout the vineyard. 
Yeah, dangerous, apparently. And they, you know what a good foreshadowing moment would have been is to have one of those tip over and start just a very small fire that they quickly put out. And, yeah. the, and the and the dad say something like, you know, oh, you know, you have to be very careful because this, uh, you know, the vineyard would go up real fast. Like Keanu Reeves trips or something like that. Like it's his fault and another reason for the, the dad to get mad at him or something. Mm. And... uh and everything, but anyway, that that might that might have been a nice foreshadowing scene that they could have put in there, but they didn't. Anyway, so they're they're fanning these things, and there's two shots, very gratuitous shots <laughs> of yeah. her breasts. Yeah, because she's wearing this nightgown and everything. Her head is completely cropped out of it. It is absolutely stone focused on her chest. Both these shots, it's. Really weird. Well, see, here's the thing. They're wearing these things that look like wings. Mm-hmm. And they're standing, they're fanning. That's how they're fanning the flames. And she's trying to show Keanu Reeves how to do it. So, you know, he's right up behind her. So there's that, too. It's like this, you know, sexy thing again. But I think they were trying maybe to focus on how she's moving her arms. But it was very much on her breasts. Yeah, I don't know. It... it- it was very weirdly framed. Yeah. And there were a few shots like that in the movie. I thought the direction was competent, but not, not like artistically great. It's an, it's not a, it's not a fantastic, to me, it's not a fantastic film. It's a decent romance, but it's not, I didn't love it, but it was good. I don't know. I liked it so much. I can forgive all its faults. I would suggest that you wait until Blockbuster has it and then rent it from Blockbuster and watch it on the couch and then you can throw your own lantern at, <laughs> at your your lawn or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it was worth seeing in the theater, but I can see why you might wait. So you don't have to it. always agree with me, you know. You can I like don't a movie. Always agree with you. you can like a movie more than I do. But I mean you make you made some really good points. I always do. So <laughs> I, I, I can see your point. Although I'm just saying, ladies, it's it's worth a watch. Ladies. <laughs> so that is it for us. Uh, Carol, tell the people what they need to do. So check out RetroLateFee.com. Mm-hmm. We're having a giveaway right now. Yep. And write us, let us know what you think at LateFee1994 at AOL.com. Yeah, give us stars and, and all the stuff. And tell friends. Tell friends about the show. Please do. All right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.